One of the convictions I have, now that I've been a priest for three years, I probably already had it before, but I have it especially now, is that I am called to be a vessel of Jesus' mercy and his healing. Jesus came to show us the merciful face of the Father. And he came to heal the consequences of sin and division. Now the key when it comes to being a vessel of mercy and healing is that I have to first be the recipient of mercy and healing. And I need it. I have needed it. I currently need it, and I will always need more. I am a work in progress. I am a sinner in recovery. I am in the process of receiving more of the Lord's mercy, forgiveness, and His healing. In the last year, in a special way, the Lord has taken me to new depths in my own healing, and it has borne so much fruit for me, And now, as a result of the healing I've experienced, I can be a more effective minister of that same healing for a world, let's face it, that is broken and wounded in so many ways. I'm becoming increasingly convinced of the fact that just as hurt people hurt people, So healed people heal people. Free people free people. Just as hurt people hurt people, so healed people heal people and freed people free people. And so I would love for this parish to be full of people that are sinners in recovery with me that are healed people that are bringing healing to other people, free people that are bringing freedom to others. It's been beautiful for me to be able to accompany and walk individuals and groups through this healing process. And one of the most key steps in this process, after the repentance of our own sins, and this is always the presupposition if someone is meeting with me, I say, when was the last time you went to confession? If it's been more than a month or two, I recommend that we do that first. That is the most important healing that can take place. Even in the midst of grave ailments and pressing situations, we think of the paralytic being let down in front of Jesus by the four friends. He looks at the man and he doesn't say, rise, take up your mat and walk first. He sees a man in need of forgiveness, even though he didn't ask for it. And Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. But so that you might know that the Son of Man has the power to forgive sins, I say, rise, take up your mat, and walk. The real miracle, the real healing is the forgiveness of our sins. As a side note, I would invite us to reflect upon all of the different passages you can think of in the Gospels. How many times was Jesus actually asked for forgiveness before he extended it? Can you think of a single time when Jesus was asked for forgiveness before he extended it? 
the vast majority of the times, perhaps every single time, he extended forgiveness before the person asked for it. This is the misconception that we have. Once they come to me on their knees and groveling, then I will extend forgiveness. No, no, it doesn't work that way. Jesus preemptively forgives us, and so we are invited to preemptively forgive in return. So after the repentance of our own sin, extending forgiveness is the most important thing that we can do to allow deeper healing to take place in our own hearts. And I have given this teaching who knows how many hundreds of times in the confessional, and so I just want to extend it to all of you as well. There are people that perhaps would even receive more physical healing, like the paralytic, if they weren't holding on to willfully a spirit of unforgiveness toward the people that have hurt them. There have been people I've prayed with, and we almost reach a tangible block. Of course, we can't see it, but it seems like something stops. And then that question comes up if it hasn't already been brought up. Is there anyone that you need to forgive? Are you harboring a grudge toward anyone? Let's go ahead and address that right now. And that seems almost inhumane. Well, Father, you can't make someone forgive. It's true. I can't make them forgive if they're not ready to forgive. But I'm not asking them to have a certain feeling about someone. We can't help our feelings. Nor am I asking them to forget what happened to them because we can't forget what we remember and what we forget either. And we're not excusing what was done. If it wasn't really wrong, then we wouldn't need to be forgiving. Forgiveness is the choice. Forgiveness is the choice. And I say in a special way to say out loud, Jesus, I forgive them. Jesus, I forgive them for this, for that, for this, for that. Aren't we so good at keeping a tally and a scorecard of all of the offenses? I asked people to do this. They didn't know that I was going to ask them to do this, and they readily come up with a list. We all have lists that we're carrying around. No wonder we feel burdened in this relationship, because before we even see their face, we see the scorecard in front of their face. Jesus, I forgive them for this, for that, for this, for that, for this. And I say out loud because, thanks be to God, the devil cannot read our thoughts. Let me say that again. The devil cannot read our thoughts, but he can intuit them, and he can infiltrate thoughts that originate from him. And he can manipulate, but he doesn't know for a fact that which is going on inside. So when we say out loud, we're not so much just declaring it to the Lord, as we are also declaring it to the evil one, saying, you have no more power here, Satan. You cannot manipulate this anymore. This harbor, this harboring of a grudge, this bitterness, this anger, resentment, I have surrendered it by choosing to forgive, to say out loud, I forgive this person. Of course, that forgiveness might need and probably will need to be forgiven, but just doing it even a single time, it's amazing how much interior movement this creates. 
And so as I counsel everyone that confesses this anger, this bitterness, this resentment, I say when that not if when that anger, bitterness, resentment start to bubble up again, it's time to say out loud again, Jesus, I forgive them. Jesus, bless them. I've experienced the fruit of this in my own life. I have received hurt like everyone else has. I probably have not received the extent of trauma that many or some of you have experienced. So maybe I'm blessed in that way to be able to more readily choose forgiveness. But I know for a fact it is Jesus first forgiving us that gives us the special capacity to give forgiveness to someone else that doesn't deserve it. Because we are the first to not deserve it. And so as we transition into a time of adoration of our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament, an opportunity for as many as five priests can hear for confessions, I would like to invite us to already now enter into that exercise. It will probably be fruitful for you to do on your own time so you can list the specific faults and you can specifically say the name of the person. As a group, we're going to say, Jesus, I forgive them, in the generic way, especially if the person you're forgiving is sitting right next to you, right? <laughs> and then we're going to say, Jesus, bless them, okay? But the first and most important thing is that we need to know who we're forgiving. Maybe already the person has already bubbled up on your mind, on your heart. But in case that hasn't happened, I'm going to take a moment of silence for us. And then I'm going to have you repeat after me, Holy Spirit, show me who I need to forgive. The answer might be surprising. It might not be someone that you suspect. For one of my friends, it actually went back to a kid that had made this passing comment in fourth grade. And he's a full-grown man now. And he wasn't chosen for the football team because this kid simply said, I'm not choosing him. He can't catch. That was enough. But it sowed this seed and this lie that he was not good enough. It reinforced a lie that he was already prone to believe. And so he needed to forgive that kid. So we're just going to allow the Holy Spirit to bubble up whatever needs forgiveness. So we're just going to take a moment and then again we're going to repeat together. Holy Spirit, show me who I need to forgive in just one moment. And repeat after me, Holy Spirit, show me who I need to forgive. Holy Spirit, show me who I need to forgive. And let an image, a memory, a name come before your mind's eye. And now together we will say those two phrases that I said earlier. So repeat after me. Jesus, I choose to forgive them. Jesus, I choose to forgive them. Jesus, bless them. Jesus, bless them. We'll let that sink in.
And here's the unfortunate truth. Most all of us have more than one person we need to forgive. Maybe a couple names already came to mind and you already forgave them at once. But if that wasn't the case, I'm going to invite us to say the exact same prayers one more time. So asking the Holy Spirit and then extending forgiveness. So repeat after me. Holy Spirit, show me who I need to forgive. Holy Spirit, show me who I need to forgive. Let that name, that face, that memory come up. Jesus, I choose to forgive them. Jesus, I choose to forgive them. Jesus, bless them. Jesus, bless them. And repeat again after me. Jesus, thank you for forgiving me. Jesus, thank you for forgiving me. Jesus, I choose to forgive them. Jesus, I choose to forgive them. Amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Already, like I said, the journey probably isn't over, but already some movement, some crucial movement has begun in our hearts. And this just predisposes us to receive more when we go to confession, more when we go to pray, more when we receive communion. Because here's the truth. When we walk up to communion, as we so habitually do without even thinking about it, we have these walls in front of our heart, in front of our mind, the walls of our own sins and the walls of unforgiveness. And when we have those walls removed by repentance and by extending forgiveness, There's a torrent of grace that can come into our hearts. And this is what it's all about. You know that little sign of peace that we do is not just meant to be a little social hour right in the middle of Mass. It's meant to be an external sign that we are at peace, not only with the people next to us, but with everyone. We aren't holding unforgiveness in our heart because we hear in Scripture, if you remember that you have something against your brother or he has something against you, first reconcile with that brother before you come to the table of the Lord. This is a serious thing that we don't often hear about. So praise God for the movement and the healing that has already begun right now through your choice, your heroic choice to forgive. It is not easy. And again, it is only because we have first been forgiven that we can forgive.